All right. Welcome to Secrets and Lies, a storyteller's podcast. I'm Carolyn. And I'm Vicki. Uh, two writers, actually, although I am a fiction writer, mystery, thriller kind of stories. And I write about family secrets. So both of us have this whole like skeletons in the closet thing, but it's like a completely different story uh, for for each of us. Mine would be an, an actual body. <laughs> and Vicky would deal more with like, hey, look at all these cool things I'm finding or, in the archives or, about the family. Or missing bodies. Mi- hey, that too. <laughs> all right. Um, so like a lot of writers out there, I am a writer with a day job. Uh, Vicky is also sort of a writer with a day job, although a little different. I'll let you explain that. So I'm a uh, developmental editor by day. And I help people edit their books for structure and stuff, you know, over, you know, high level type editing. I am not a proofreader. Don't ask me to proofread anything, That's please. Right. I feel like I need a, I need a good editing kick in the pants every now and then anyway uh the here's the weird thing the both of us are now in western north carolina that's why i'm calling this first one the how did we get here uh but i'm not from north carolina are you from north carolina i'm not from north carolina i've been here before yeah i've been here before too but uh weirdly vicky and i met at a uh during an mfa program at the university of tampa I wasn't living in Tampa either. That was a low residency program. So I actually moved to North uh, Carolina from um, Baltimore this year. And I did live in Tampa area. So even though it was a low residency program where people get to travel away and have a really good time while they're at their residency, I drove across town. Yeah, my significant other called it adult spring break. The, the residency is like his his view on what we were doing skipped over all like all of the massive amounts of work and reading and writing and <laughs> late nights and everything to the hanging out at the bar in the pool. That's really what he thought I was doing. The, and what do we remember the most? Hanging out at the bar and in the pool. That's right. It's <laughs> <laughs> where all the good stories come from. Yeah. So, yeah, but it was just a really weird thing. Uh, We were looking to leave uh, Maryland and did not want to go back to Florida, which is actually where I grew up and had visited North Carolina years ago and thought it was really nice. And so just as a complete coincidence, um, just as we were shopping or starting to think about it, you mentioned that you were shopping and starting to think about it. And so you actually moved here before me. Yes, we've actually been researching it for a few years and trying to pinpoint which little town we wanted to move to um, from Florida because both my husband and I grew up in Florida where it's very flat and the mountains were intriguing for us. So we have been wanting to move here. We just did it a lot sooner than we planned to. And then weirdly, two other friends of ours who were also in the MFA program uh, ended up not in this town exactly, but not too far away um, as well, which is just like this strange 
thing. And then two colleagues that had worked with me at a, at a job before moved down one whose husband, um, transferred to a location in Charlotte and they live over in that area. And then another who bought a house in Rutherfordton. Is that, am I saying that right? Rutherfordton? That's I believe it is. Yes. Awkward. It's a very long word. With it, too many syllables. So she has a beautiful house on top of a mountain and a bajillion hummingbirds and everything. And so she'd gotten down here like you did before me. So I had lots of resources to ask questions about and whatever as we were starting the long distance shopping for what. Anyway, long story short, we're in North Carolina now. And uh, this is a very different kind of living experience than Baltimore City. I would say. So even from Tampa, it's a lot different. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't mean to make that sound like it's a bad thing. It's very sweet. I remember when we were uh, first moving into the house, um, I had ordered DoorDash, which uh, is absolutely a thing you do in the, the city. <laughs> um, and here when my I think it was bagels or something from from Joey's or I don't know. It came with a little sticky note with a smiley face and and it said, have a wonderful day. And I thought, oh my goodness, this would never happen in Baltimore, <laughs> like in a bajillion years. So it seemed very sweet. And my neighbors dropped off some, some bakery items and they'll stop in the street and get out of their running car, which they'll leave. And just to say, hey, welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah, that would not happen in Tampa. No. No. So I think one thing that I really enjoyed, and I think this was our first night staying here in Hendersonville, which is where we are, and was we went to one of the local places called Hot Dog World. Oh my God, Hot Dog World. It, oh yeah, yeah. I took Carolyn there and mm-hmm, yeah, she's, she's all in on the Hot Dog World. It's good stuff. I, I just remember driving, I drove down, I, I think Tracy was with me and it had, you know, it was a long day in the car and we we're hungry and, and Vicky says, well, let's go to hot dog world. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> but it's so awesome. It is. Every time we go there though, this is, this is the, the one small town thing that I love about hot dog world is when you're in the dining room. It seems like there's always somebody that gets up from one table, walks to another table and says, hey, how you doing? And yeah. they all know each other. Everybody knows each other. Yes. Yeah. Small town. Yeah. So anyway, and it's so delicious. It doesn't sound like a place that, I don't know, but it's so <laughs> ridiculously good. And uh, yeah, it has become a favorite, a quick favorite. And that's just one of the many favorites. But um, that first night also, we, we ate at Hot Dog World, and then we walked like the two blocks to downtown, and there was a car show going on, which is something my husband David loves, the car shows. And You know, there seems to be a lot of festivals here. Like, yeah. there's almost always something going on downtown, like the Thursday night concerts. I went to pick up paint, because you know how it is when you move into a new house, and, yep. and uh, they were setting up a stage in the parking lot, and what's going on? It's a Thursday, and they have, what is it? Bruise and blues and bruise, bruise I guess. Blues. Yes, I think so. So they have live music. Even and... though the first concert I saw on one of those Thursday nights was an '80s band called Laser Lover, and they were oh, great. I them, but they were good. I'll be watching for that. Yes, you know I love me some '80s music. 
Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, in fact, the only reason I know about Hendersonville at all is that on one of the trips we came down to visit Asheville, um, the front desk guy at our hotel recommended that we check out the Apple Festival because we were here on Labor Day week. Um, and so we did, we drove down to Hendersonville and it was just adorable and, you know, like yet another festival where they close off the entire downtown and everybody walks around and there are lots of booths with food on a stick and it was Apple everything. And again, live music and super charming. Apple everything. I think, I think I might've been bragging a lot about apples on Facebook because the last time my daughter and her girlfriend visited, her, do- her girlfriend, Cassidy, she's, oh, I wonder if there's even apples here. And she's being a real smartass about oh, it. Oh. <laughs> Probably because I've been bragging about all of the apples and all the different apple things you can make. I have an uh, apple spice cake mix waiting for me to make in there in the kitchen uh-huh. right now. So, yeah, she's a smartass. But anyway. Anyway, um, so yeah, so lots of lots of things about moving into a small town. I, I live um, I live in a neighborhood that has one road in, and it has a very involved and social homeowners association. They have like monthly meet and eats, they call them. <laughs> and that uh, I actually haven't had time, you know, day job, haven't really had time to uh, to attend, but my mother has which is a whole other story. Um, <laughs> but they, they're very social and active, which is why they will stop their car in the street and come and talk to you. Or I, I had a neighbor come and, and find me and say she wanted to take me out to lunch because I was new. And so that was uh, that was very sweet. But they will also stop when the, they are noticing things going on at your house. And they're very curious and they have absolutely no problem like, getting to the bottom of what's happening so how are you settling into this neighborhood anyway (laughs) (laughs) well so we thought we would we moved we bought this we bought this lovely house uh but it was full of wallpaper and craziness and so we thought hey we'll get you know we'll get some help in here and get some of this stuff taken out right away uh before (laughs) before we get too um settled in and uh, uh, like all kind of home construction contractor projects that turned into a bit of a fiasco and took three times longer than it should have but in the meantime there were like lots of cars and things at my house so then the neighborhood was was talking a great deal about like just how many people live in that house (laughs) Uh, and then to pile on um, my mom sold her house in Florida and moved uh, up to stay with us and eventually she will have her own apartment in the basement which is getting built out now this is like yet a different crew that's there with their trucks um, so it looks like there are you know 15 people living in my house but uh, there are not um, <laughs> yeah and then just to pile on so you know I want to make sure that we are you know that house <laughs> that house uh we had a bunch of uh, ivy and all kinds of stuff grown up in the whatever. And it turns out you can hire a herd of goats to come to your That's what I need. Property. I need, I have poison ivy. I have English ivy, which I love, but uh-huh. it is very, very, very invasive. And with it comes poison ivy and it's everywhere. I need goats. 
Goats so, can eat the poison ivy, and and it does not only does it not hurt them, but they like it. So yeah, so you can you can weird. hire a, a goats. They bring their own little electric fence and set it up and let the herd loose. Um, so yeah, so then we became it was like a petting zoo in my <laughs> in my yard, and I kept being afraid like the neighborhood kids were gonna touch the electric fence and oi. But anyway, but so you yeah. were you were all on top of those goats though. I remember yeah, you, yeah. I stopped by and you were like, this is this goat. This is the alpha goat. This is yeah. so-and-so. You had their names. <laughs> I, I did. I did. I had five goats, a mama and four of her kids. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what they're, that's what they're called. Uh, yeah. And one of them was the, the prankster, the bad one, the mischievous one. Um, yeah, he got out a couple times. He just hopped right. Anywho, yeah, so we, we pretty much cemented our, our uh, reputation in the neighborhood there. Um, yeah. So Vicky, Vicky got me into some reading, writing activities right away because it's super easy for those of you, you know, you, you know you have all of these good intentions about uh, writing and continuing with your projects, even though you've got all this other chaotic stuff going on. And, uh, that's for sure. And, and introduced me to a local group that meets at, um, the Brandy Bar. So that was kind of fun. Brandy Bar is really cute. It's just, it's, it's a small space, but it's, it's, um, developed by a, an artist who had she had some other career but decided this is what she wanted to do is create drinks and um they have every month they have this the the writers network come in and that is not the exact name for them north carolina <clears throat> writers i and i'll I look it up it's close we'll, and, we'll put a link to it <laughs> yeah 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 and then they also have a um songwriters night too so that's fun to go to also so I, I love this one. And it's in the older part of town. Next to an incredible taco stand. Yes. I say taco stand. It's a taco building. It's it, it's not really a taco stand. It's it an actual like building. But uh, they have a lot of like outdoor space. And their tacos are ridiculously good. They are good. They're like, they're like gourmet tacos. So yeah. So I went and signed up and I read a story excerpt uh, at at this uh, place. And I've done readings at other places um, before. I did one in a, a really cute coffee shop up in in uh, Baltimore. But this one was was neat because before the readings happened, they had just like these two dudes playing guitar <laughs> up there, and it was very chill and interesting. And um, all of the other readers were were good, and nobody like took too much time or. Very true. It was uh, it was a really nice night. So anyway, uh, if you happen to be in Hendersonville and you see that that's up at the uh, the Brandy Bar, check it out. Cause yeah, and sometimes they put posters around downtown too, little flyers to to advertise the reading night. So. So that's that was a good cool. one. Yeah. All right. So we have a little game we like to play called Truth or Fiction. I, of course, a fiction writer, and uh, Vicky lives usually in the world of, of nonfiction. But we thought, 
You know, there are some times where you will hear a story and it just does not sound plausible at all, but it absolutely happened and the <laughs> other way around. So we thought we'd play this little game called Truth or Fiction. All right, so you have two minutes to tell me about a... Uh, yeah, I'm going to give you a story this week. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. I'm going to give you a story and... It's an event of some kind, and you have to guess whether it's true story or fictional. Got it. All right, so it's 1913, and there's this man who loved a slut. A slut? <laughs> okay. <laughs> she, she got around. She had a number of lovers. All right. Okay. So um, one of them she kept, a lover, she, and he moved in with her. This is the guy, the man who loved the slut. She let him move in, and during the day, he would run around and clean house with her or make bathtub gin, which is something I'd like to learn about. Oh, this is, when was was that Prohibition? It must have been. 1913, it might have been before, or during. Uh, Maybe bathtub gin is just cheaper. Just a thing, yeah. Okay, Okay. all right. Um, Yeah, and when he wasn't, you know, helping her clean house, he was, like, writing science fiction or... You know, little pulpy stories. So anyway, um, five years later, she's forced to move. And the person forcing her to move is her husband. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) So she's like, well, I don't want to move. And we know why she doesn't want to move. Because she's got this lover. Oh. And yes, he did move in with her. He lives in the attic. Oh my gosh. Yes. So she and her husband live in a place and there is a lover that lives in the attic. Correct. So, um, let's see. So he's, husband says, we, we're moving. We're, we're, you know, something's not right here. So we're going to move. So she says, okay, but I get to pick the house. And she goes ahead and she picks a house with an attic. With an attic. Yes. And lover boy goes out there first and moves into the attic. This is a fantastic story. So this goes on for a decade. Get out. Yes, a decade. Until one day, um, hubby and wife get into a fight. And they're yelling. And he was he was a drinker. He was a drinker. So they're yelling at each other. And the boyfriend upstairs is like, I'm not having this. And he runs down with two guns. And he shoots the husband. And then they're like, oh, crap. What do we do now? So they lock her in a, he locks her into a closet and he, I don't know, he takes, he takes some jewelry or something or some money or something to make it look like a burglary. And because of the shots, um, police heard the shots and, you know, the neighbors would have called the police. So he ran back up and hid in the attic again and it went on and let's see. So... She's suspect, though. Even though she's locked in the closet and they don't know how she got locked in there, they suspect her. Um, meantime, she's taking on more lovers. And, oh, my goodness. Yeah, she this is, is a busy lady. Yes, yeah, she is a busy lady. So she finds this way to bat her eyes at a neighbor and, and get the neighbor to, like, bury one of the guns for her. Ah. And she gets this other boyfriend to throw one of the guns in the tar pits La Brea tar pits oh so California California now so 
<clears throat> There's a lot of detail here. Yeah, I'm leaning towards this true. Is, this is way more than two minutes. So, yeah, she goes to jail, and the boyfriends get angry. They give her up. They give up the the guns, and she goes to jail. Meanwhile, oh. this guy's in the the um, attic, and he's getting skinny, and she's <gasps> she like, locked in the. Is he locked in the attic? He's, no, he's not. Well, maybe he is. He might be locked in the attic. What do you think? You think he's locked in the attic? If he's getting skinny, okay. like nobody's bringing him food. This is. Well, I think maybe she gets her lawyer to go let him out because right. she well, sleeps is... with him too. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna. That's a lot of detail. So I'm gonna guess true. <sighs> yeah, you're right. You got me on that. You know what's weird? So I, I actually, <laughs> I actually wrote a story. For uh, uh, wrote a story um, for Baltimore County Public Library. They have like a fundraiser thing for Halloween every year um, where they'll send out, you know, people write spooky stories. And um, if you get selected, you get to read your story around the ghost story fire pit <laughs> uh, at the Reisterstown branch, which is right next to a really old graveyard. So it being near Baltimore, they have like a an Edgar Allan Poe impersonator dude who's right. out there and you can go out and talk to him in the graveyard uh, and they have food trucks and a band and whatever and the ghost story fire pit and so I wrote a story for this thing and I read it and it was about a dude who he like lived secretly in these women's houses although they didn't know about it oh that's a creeper yeah, so they didn't know he was there, and he would he uh, drug them occasionally and like sleep with them oh. in their bed. Did he like? Was he like also one of those people that like break in and take baths in the bathtub? And well, he lived in the house, he, so, he so yeah, he it was just was okay. there watching her all the time. And and oh. any, anyway, so I wrote, I read this story, and it was yet one of those things you you writer folks out there can probably. Um, um, relate that when you know you write a story and you present a story people will believe that you are somehow writing about them like that character was obviously me but <laughs> and i'm like that character was not you at all <laughs> is there something you want to tell me <laughs> well. so yeah no but yeah so that that happened anyway so yeah and then i've i've seen documentaries since then about it, there's actually a term for it i think it's I think it's frogging where people will like break in and like live in people's houses while they're there and watch them and stuff. Like it's an actual thing. That's. I don't know if they're in the attic or where they are, but that's, that is, I saw a documentary about this couple and they were fighting back and forth. They lived in Hawaii and it's because this random dude had moved into the house and was watching them. And he, he eventually got caught and got arrested. But when they got him, he had notebooks full of notes about how he wanted to do like surgery on them and oh. like crazy stuff. Like he'd move things around and he would unlock doors and the, the husband and wife would fight because they would say, yes, I absolutely locked the door. And then when we go down there and the door would be open and then they'd fight like you lied to me and like it never occurred to them that there was a third person in the house yeah so that is so so what which way does this go then if you is it like these crazy people are are moving into houses and it gets in the news so that inspires writers or to write about it or 
are writers writing a story like that and people see it in the news and say, oh, that's a great idea. I'm gonna go I don't I don't actually know. I think some of these people who like break into houses and watch people do it for the thrill of doing it, maybe. Uh, I actually wrote the story that I wrote because I <laughs> I have a Roomba. And at the time, <laughs> at the time I was living in a two-story house and I had set my Roomba off upstairs to vacuum upstairs and then I forgot about it. But then I kept hearing it bumping around into things and then I was, and then it was like, oh, oh, that's the room. Like it would startle me or it would, you know, if I had it down on the first floor, it would move my shoes around or something. I would find something in the middle of the floor that I hadn't left there and I'd be like, wait a minute. And they'd be like, oh, the Roomba. Um, so that's what got, that's what inspired me to start the story. What if it wasn't the Roomba? What if this person kept finding things like that or hearing things like that, but then passed it off as something simple, but it wasn't something simple. It was something, whatever. So very nice. Anyway. All right. And, but you know, that kind of thing happens a lot. So uh, like a normal person who has a Roomba probably doesn't think like, how could I make this nefarious story out of this? <laughs> but that's just kind of how my mind works. I think I, there's a few writers like you that tend to have quite an imagination and come up with inspiration like that. I mean, it's, so. it's, I don't know. I don't want to say off-putting. But it, it it's alarming for people sometimes when they, like, meet me. <laughs> oh. like, and Dave and I, uh, my significant other, were uh, first talking and, and first meeting, and I, I was sharing that I wrote, like, crime fiction. He was a little afraid, you know, at first to hang out with me <laughs> in case I turned out to be a crazy person because you never... You know, jury's still out, by the way. That's true. I mean, it was Otto Sanhuber, the guy that lived in the attic. And why would someone do that? Be a sex slave for a decade. That's the story I told. That oh, he yeah, figured yeah. Out. His name was Otto Sanhuber. He was a writer, too. He wrote sci-fi. Wow. So, you know. so that is definitely a stranger than fiction kind of deal. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, like a flowers in the attic kind of thing, except... It is a bit. So I wanted to ask you about... Um, you had recently posted... Oh, Vicky, by the way, has this fantastic blog called Secret Boxes. Uh, we'll put the link in um, in the on our Facebook page. But uh, she found... Um, you found an old Bible, I understand, in a, where was it, an antique store? It was an antique store up in Waynesville, which is about an hour from here up further into the mountains. I sometimes do a writer's retreat up there and just kind of found this, saw a book on a shelf with duct tape holding it together. And I thought, that's got to be old, something to that. And I, I opened it and it had you know, genealogy records in there from the 1800s. And I thought, mm, I don't know. I think I that want this. sounds right up your alley. It, it is exactly up my alley because I call it's So when, when something like that looks like it belongs to a family, we call it an orphan heirloom. 
An orphan heirloom. Yes, and there are people out there, when I am one, that like to try to return it to the family. Like, That's really why? cool. It's but, like when people find rings and things on the beach that have an inscription yeah. and they try and figure out how to get it back to. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. So I I took the Bible up to the guy up front and I said, you know, how much how much is this? There's no price on it. And he, he made a phone call to the owner, I guess. And the owner said, 30 bucks. I'm like, uh, I don't think I want to just pick up something for 30 bucks. I don't know. So I left it there. And then it bothered me, so I went back and I took mm. pictures of the documents and did some research and found out that the, the family is nearby, around, but still wondered why the heck this Bible would be sitting in an antique shop. So I went back and got it. And when I told the owner that it was, you know, that I was going to try to return it to the family, he said, 10 bucks. And I said, I can do 10 bucks. Oh, and 10 I grabbed bucks. it. And I have tried to, you know, I'm trying, I'm trying to get it back to the family, basically, in different ways. Researching and um, I've located some family, but I'm That's having cool. a hard time. Well, they probably think them. you're a crazy person, like they would if it were me, but. Uh, exactly. They think. Exactly. <laughs> I think that's what's She's going not on. a crazy person. <laughs> Well, we'll post some information about that too, and maybe uh, maybe our listeners can help us from get the um, family Bible back to its home. Yeah, I I've been writing about it, so there's a few posts out there on secret boxes about what I've tried so far to get the the Bible back to the family, but I haven't given up yet. That's really cool. That's really cool. What are you working on besides? Uh... Besides the the family Bible mystery. Well, I've been working on a memoir for the past 10 years. And I just recently discovered that it's actually two memoirs. (laughs) So, (laughs) which would explain why it's still 10 years and still going on. Um, So, yeah, I've been working on pulling out a bunch of kind of psychological stuff out of the first one. The first story. Mm-hmm. The first story is a journey, is my journey of finding my mom's stuff after she passed and it having like all pictures of all these people I didn't know and letters. And I started looking into that and realized it was like her real mother, not her adoptive mother. And I went on a like a crazy research trail to find. You know, I love those. I just wanted to know, my mom was abandoned at eight years old by her real mother. And I wanted to know why. So I started looking and started finding family members. And that was cool. So. Lots of good information on secret boxes um, about this. But I love the whole idea of of running down sort of familial mysteries you know I think we all have them and so kind of tracking down what what was going on and you know I especially all of these things that are happening pre-internet you know yes definitely so because yeah yeah in fact I was talking about it um, last week with some girls over coffee and one of them says you know I have 
something I want to look into too. Like her father had joined the military or something at one point when she was little and didn't know. They, they all think that he's running from something. Interesting. So she wants to know what he's running from and we might look into that. Hmm. Well, um, I what are, am... What are you working on? <laughs> I should be working on many things, but I have a deadline coming up. I'm hoping to finish a short story for uh, a Bouchercon anthology. Um, Bouchercon, for those who may not know, is the is like an annual um, mystery convention for writers and readers and fans and editors and whatever and it's in a different city every year and next year it's in nashville which is not too far away Mm, that sounds fun yeah they they are really a lot of fun (laughs) (laughs) it really is a lot of fun um and uh anyway there is a musical theme so i would have to write a mystery short story with a musical theme and uh (laughs) so far all i have well all i have is the title I want to call it open mic, but Mike, M-I-K-E, mm. right? Yeah. I want to call it open mic. And then, um, and then I'm the, you know, that's mostly what I have so far. So, <laughs> so do you, do you, I got two more weeks. When you're reading that in public, are you going to be singing too? No, nobody <laughs> wants that. <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants that. I mean, unless there's just been a whole lot of moonshine and a karaoke bar, then no but see singing. that could be arranged. No. <laughs> all right, stay tuned, listeners. Um, all right. Well, one of the things that we like to do when we are wrapping up here is to share a uh, a writing tip that we have found helpful. I got one. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> so I've been spending a, like the last year or so doing little classes here and there on the on the interwebs. Um, mostly about how to market a book or how to um, do taking a taking classes or giving taking, classes. Taking oh, okay. classes, yes. Um, and they are and they're, Jane Friedman offers up a lot of those, but she has this um, newsletter, um, and I call it a guru newsletter. Jane Friedman used to be the like managing editor of Writer's Digest. So she knows all the ins and outs of the publishing world. So she has a few, like she has a newsletter called Electric Speed, which it has all of the um, new technical stuff that we could use for writing or publishing or all that stuff, which is really neat. And then she'll send out different blog alerts when she's written on the blogs. And she has one more that goes out that talks about the online classes that are coming up and they could be her classes or someone else that she mm-hmm. partners with. Um, but anyway, it's really good to to um, kind of get into one of those so you're getting something from her regularly and it kind of keeps you connected to always cool. be, always learning. That's well, what I say, always be learning. Anything, yeah, anything that, that nudges us in the direction of or inspires us, I should say, to, to keep on writing I think is a good... Yep. A good thing. For me, it's like a reminder. Like, oh, oh, I got another newsletter from Jane. What have I done since the last one? So, janefriedman.com. You can find that. Very good. 
All right. Well, uh, stay tuned for uh, another. We'll have another episode coming out shortly. Um, But in the meantime, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Yes. Thank you. And uh, we will talk again soon.